you know, I've been this week just praying and, and a lot and thinking about stuff. And just Thanksgiving is coming up. Obviously, we have our outreach and Thanksgiving Day coming in a couple weeks. Something that is so, so important, such an important dynamic in the life of, of a Christian in, in the growth and discipleship, the process of, of becoming more Christ-like, is just this notion of being thankful. So uh, both today and next Sunday, I'm going to talk a little bit uh, about thankfulness. And I want to dive right in. Uh, we, today, the text is short, one verse, and I'm going to read it and we'll pray and then we'll just get right to it. But this is Colossians 4.2, and Paul says there, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful, and thankful. So Lord, we, uh, we open our hearts to receive from you this morning. We ask that you would open your word, that it would enrich our lives, Lord, that your word would penetrate our hearts, that it would sink deep into our spirits, and that it would work in transforming our lives into becoming more and more like you every day. In your name we pray, amen. So, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. To be devoted to something you are really committed to it, okay? There's, there is an intentionality uh, that comes with devotion. That means if you're devoted to something, you give some time to it. You give some energy to it. You put some effort and some thought forth to it. Every, you hear phrases, you might hear somebody say, oh, this guy, he's such a devoted husband or a devoted father. And when they say that about that person, they mean that guy really puts himself into that role. He really takes that seriously. He gives himself to being a husband or a father. He's really devoted to it. And Paul tells us here that we're to be devoted to prayer. So that's a different level, a different dynamic than just praying. We all know, yeah, we should, prayer is good, right? We should pray. But Paul says, we're, be devoted to prayer. Be intentional about it. Be focused. Put your heart and life into it. And, and as you're doing that, while you're doing that, be watchful and thankful. So you're really devoted to all three of these things. Um, watchful and thankful aren't just qualifiers on prayer. They're really part of a process that's connected. And as we go, I think we'll see how they're connected a little bit. But the point here is to be devoted to this process of of watchfully and thankfully giving our hearts to God in prayer. The idea of this concept, watch and pray, is repeated. You see it all throughout the New Testament, and it's said in different ways in different places. But the idea that we are to not just pray, but watch and pray, look and pray, be alert. Uh, the first place I think that I'm, I'm aware of that phrase or that notion actually comes from Jesus, and it's, it takes place in the Garden of Gethsemane. And you guys remember that. It's really... Um, it's, it's really Christ's darkest hour, okay? It's his darkest hour. It's, it's the, the Last Supper has kind of taken place. They've broken bread. Uh, he's spoken to Peter. Uh, they, they go outside for a walk. It's, it, you can imagine to me, it's, it, they're in the garden. It's quiet. It's sort of dark. Uh, it says in the text that, that Jesus is sorrowful and troubled, He's sorrowful and troubled. I love, I, I love this passage for this reason, because we see, I think, here, as well as any other place, the humanity of Jesus, right? Jesus is fully God, and he's fully man. And being God, I think, 
we, re- we realize he gets it. He sees the big picture. He knows the end game. He knows where this is headed. But, and, and he's committed to that process. But being fully man, he feels inside the same way any of us would feel at that moment. He's troubled and sorrowful. He's brokenhearted. He's overwhelmed with what stands in front of him. And he talks to his disciples and he said, just pray with me for a little while. And then he walks away and he prays and he comes back. And, and what does he find? Well, they, they fell asleep. And he looks at him, he says, couldn't you just pray an hour with me? And then he says, watch him pray. Watch him pray. Open your eyes and look and see what I'm doing. Look and see what I'm about and pray. There's different places. Peter says the same thing, really, when he says, be alert. Be alert. Wake up because your enemy is prowling like a roaring lion. He's out there. Watch out. Be careful. Paul says in Ephesians, be alert and pray. There's this idea all through the New Testament that we're to watch and pray. And I want to say this to you today. If we are to be effective in our prayer lives, we have to be watchful. If we're going to be effective in our prayer lives, we have to be watchful. We cannot be effective. Look, do you, do, do you realize sometimes we can pray things that aren't necessarily the things we're supposed to pray? Do you realize that? Do you know you can pray stuff that maybe we want but isn't necessarily what God wants? We can pray things out of our own desires and our own will. And, and, and it's, sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. But if you're watchful, if your eyes are open and if you're looking into the heart of God... Uh, your prayer life will be so much more effective. I want to take, I thought this would be a, a good opportunity to break for Greek. My friend Brogan always loves it when I break for Greek. Um, the word watchful is Gregorio. It's, it's not super profound, but it does mean you're vigilant. You watch, you're awake. You're awake like at night. You're watchful. So the idea here, look, you, you've seen movies, military movies, where, or, or something where there's a group of people and they're, they're, you know, trying to get away from somebody. And so some of them are going to go to sleep, but one guy's going to stay awake and watch. He's on guard. That's the idea here. You're the guy that's awake. Uh, to be roused from sleep, to be awake, and then metaphorically to give strict attention to, to be cautious and active, to take heed, lest through remissness and indolence, some destructive calamity could suddenly overtake or be corrupted by heirs, to be watchful in and employ the most punctilious care in a thing. And I just thought that was a great opportunity to get the word punctilious into a message. I had to look it up. It just means alert, awake, same as all the rest of them. But yeah, I, I had to look it up. Um, so to be watchful really is to be vigilant and to be alert and awake. And, and, and we're t- what we're talking about here is not only, you know, just with these eyes, right, but in the spirit. This is a spiritual dynamic to, to realize, and, and, and here's the thing, and we know this, but to realize that life is happening on two levels all the time, right? So there's what we see. There's stuff going on around us, and what we see is one thing, but what God's doing in the midst of what we see is another thing, right? Um, I was thinking of it this morning, just during rehearsal, I was sitting here just thinking about this, this idea and concept, and I was reminded of a time I was in New Zealand with a group of young people. And we were, there's a big public square where people hang out in the middle of the day. And we were going to do an outreach there. We were just going to go and minister to people and, and share with people and pray, pray for people. So we had this, uh, this dance group called Generation 150. Anybody ever heard of them? Debbie, are you asleep back there? Whatever, you're just trying to hide. Debbie was the leader of G150. Um, and so they did this little routine, and then we had this young guy named Matt 
who was the sweetest kid in the whole world, and he was going to share a little bit about who, who Jesus was. And so he gets up and starts to share, and the next thing you know, <laughs> there's this dude, you hear this booming voice. Poor little Matt, you just picture this little teenage guy, and he's talking, he doesn't have a microphone or anything, and people are kind of listening. You hear this huge voice, and this goes, what is the meaning of life? And you look over, and there's this dude with a big wizard cap on, and his name is the wizard. And he's just talking, and he's wearing a big multicolored robe, and he's just preaching confusion. He's just talking about confusion. And then there's all these people, and we didn't know this, but this is kind of like a thing they do there. They're hecklers. They're like professional hecklers. And so they're like shouting back at the, at the guys. And so they're shouting at this dude, but they're shouting at Matt. And the poor kid, he's like getting people yelling at him. And the next thing you know, there's just... It's like chaos. It just breaks into chaos. And I'm actually a little fearful. I'm thinking, I got these kids here, and I think we're going to have a riot. I got to get them out of here. And so we kind of stepped back for a minute. And then we prayed, and I just said, what's God doing here right now? What's happening? And I look way over in the corner, kind of in the back, and I see this young couple standing there. And I go, you know, I think, I think the Holy Spirit's on that couple. And I, I told some of the kids, like, why don't you guys go over and just talk to them? And then we had little groups go out and just begin, and they were watchful, they were alert, and they were aware, and they began seeing what God was doing in the midst of all this confusion. And to me, that's the essence of being watchful, is to realize that while something's happening on this level, there's, there's another thing happening altogether on a spiritual level. And that's what we want to see. We want to be mindful and aware of what's God doing in the midst of what's happening in the world today. It's really easy to not do that. It's easy to kind of sleepwalk through life, isn't it? Anybody? Uh, have you ever, I don't know, I, I do, I'll, be, I'll admit. Kind of put life on autopilot. And you kind of just, you, you have your calendar and your schedule and your appointments and your meetings, and you kind of just walk through your day and you walk through your week, and the next thing you know, you're just kind of walking through your life and you're going through the motions, and, and, you're, and you're just sort of sleepwalking through life and you're not really aware of what's going on. It's, it's really easy to do that. And I think if we're honest, all of us do that to some degree. But Paul says, don't try not to do that. Be watchful. Be watchful. And when he says that, there's really two things. There's two dynamics happening here. Uh, the, the, fir- the first one is, is, well, here, let me say this. There's an assumption behind this text. And the assumption behind the text is this, that God is always doing something. God is always at work. God is always busy. God is always active. Always moving. This has been a key understanding for us in the vineyard, really ongoing. From the very beginning, we were taught that we, we want to do what we see the Father doing. And the essence of that really is, is the same as this verse. It's being watchful and mindful and discerning what's God doing right now in the midst of the world that we're in. Where is God and what's he doing and how can I connect with that? <clears throat> and that comes from a passage in John 5. It, here's, the te- here's the context of this. The deal is this. Jesus is healing on the Sabbath. So the religious people are upset with him, not so much just that he's healing, but that he's healing on the Sabbath because on the Sabbath you're not supposed to work, right? This is supposed to be a day where you don't do anything. But Jesus heals a guy on the Sabbath. So they say, hey, you can't do that. You're breaking the rules. And this is his response. In his defense, Jesus says, my father 
is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. He says, hey, my father's working even today, even right now, in this place right now, he's working. And then Jesus says, look, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the father doing, because whatever the father does, the son does also. Jesus says, look, that may be the rule, but the the reality is this. I'm with with my father. I'm doing what he does, and he's doing this, and he's healing this guy right now, and that's that's what I want to (coughs) do. The question isn't if God is working, that's settled. Can I tell you that? The question is that God's working. God's working right now, today, everywhere, out there, all over. God's working. The question is, what is God doing and how can I engage in what God's doing? How can I, how can I connect with what he's doing? And I'll tell you, the way that we can connect with what God's doing is by being watchful, by opening our eyes and discerning specifically by asking the question, Lord, what are you doing here today, right now, in this place, in, 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 in where I work, where I go to school, where I shop? What are you doing here now? And how can I connect? How can I engage with that? God, God is always at work. He's always busy. But here's the flip side of that. And, and this is the other dynamic that we need to be watchful uh, in. And, and that is that in as much as God is always at work, so is the enemy. John Wimber used to say, the devil never takes a day off. And what do you... What, <laughs> we don't cheer about that, buddy. <laughs> uh, that's, the re, that's the reality of spiritual warfare, though. The reality of spiritual warfare is, in as much as God is working, the enemy is working uh, to, to stop that. <coughs> and if we're awake... We can determine and we can see, we can discern what the enemy is doing and we can counteract that. And the way that we counteract that is by doing what God's doing. We work against what the enemy's doing by doing what God's doing. Um, here's, here's, okay. Uh, Kyle asked this morning if I was going to talk about it and I said, yeah, I, I think I have to. Um, been a rough week. If you watch any of the national news programs, they'll tell you that Portland is the epicenter of the uh, protests, you know, and things happening in the country. I was, I felt bad. I had friends that went to Blazer game the other night. I thought they're just going to be in traffic for hours getting in and out of the game. Can't even go watch a basketball game. Um, look, let me say, we just came, election cycles are always challenging, right? Always. This was probably, at least in in my life, the most divisive, most contentious, uh, angriest election cycle I've ever seen. And clearly, clearly, there are those uh, who aren't happy with the results, and they're letting that be known. And while I fully... uh, I, 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 I... I fully respect anyone's right to have their voice heard. I, I get that. My question is, to what end? To what end? What is being accomplished by this? And again, and I'm, I'm going to go off topic a little further and say this. This morning when we were praying, it became very clear. Look, let me say, it's okay. This is a safe place, all right? I don't care who you voted for. don't matter. We're all in this together, all right? That's the bottom line, okay? So it's okay. 
We, we, we're going we're gonna to love each other, and we're going to love our neighbors. doesn't matter what, okay? Whatever happens. All right? So that's the deal. But, but let, me, let me say this, that if you want to make your voice heard, you want to do something to bring difference, go love your neighbor, okay? Go love your neighbor. Let me, let me tell you something. Yesterday, let, there's nothing really profound about raking leaves, okay? It's, it's not, by most measurements, a deeply spiritual thing. But you know what? It's a way that in the midst of all the anger and all the angst, we can go say, you know what? We, we're going to love our neighbors. That's what we're going to do. We're going to choose to love our neighbors as ourselves in the midst of what's happening in our country today. And when you do that, when you do that, um, that changes everything. That changes everything. Okay. Uh, I, I, this scripture, this idea of watch and pray, it's, it's repeated so often in, in the New Testament. And, and the, here, here's the reason. It's repeated often, and, and we're reminded of it often, because it doesn't come naturally. It doesn't come naturally. We, we really do have to be devoted to it. We have to say, I'm going to set my heart I'm being watchful and thankful. That's what I'm going to do. And, and I want you to know that's discipleship. That's growth in Christ right there. That's maturity. I'm going to set my heart on watching and praying and entering into what God's doing. And here's the connection. And this is so important. And, and, and this is so important. If we're not watchful, if, if we're not, if we lose sight of what God is doing and we stop noticing God, we stop being thankful. When you stop seeing God, you stop being thankful, and you begin to take things for granted. And you, you take things for granted, and you're not thankful. And you just walk through life, and you, you develop this mindset of, oh, kind of, woe is me. But if you're aware of what God is doing and where He's at, thankfulness will automatically grow in your heart. You know, we, we were, I was talking to Wally yesterday. Here's these two old gimpy guys raking leaves, right? Neither one of us can hardly stand up, and we're out there raking. And I go, you take it easy. And he goes, I'm just thankful to be here. And man, I just felt the Spirit of God hit me. And I just thought, man, that's where we all need to be. You know, I'm thankful that there's for the air that I breathe, and I'm actually thankful that I'm here breathing air today. And I'm thankful for the sunshine. And you know what? If I wake up tomorrow and the sun's not shining and it's raining, I'm going to thank God for the rain. And I'm going to get up Monday morning, and I'm not going to say, doggone it, i got to go to work today. I'm going to say, thank you, Jesus, that I have a job to go to. And I'm going to thank God for my friends and my family. And I'm going to be aware of what God is doing in the midst of it all. And this is so, so important for kingdom people. This is so important for kingdom people. I'll tell you, that is the essence of kingdom living. The essence of kingdom living is the awareness of God in everything we do. To be in that place where I am truly, that's what it means to be led by the Spirit. That I'm truly aware of God's presence in everything I do. And, and, and here's, here's the deal. Here's, here's the fear. This is what happens. 
If you become less devoted, if you lose that devotion, you don't, be, you don't pay attention, you don't see God, and you stop being thankful. And you know what the opposite of thankful is? The opposite of thankful is self-absorbed. And you get lost in your own little world. That's what happens. And I want to I tell you how this works, okay? Because I've been, I've been in ministry for 35 years. I've been a Christian for 40 years. I've talked to thousands of people. I think twice, maybe. I don't know, in my whole life. I've talked to somebody where some tragedy, some crisis happened, something happened in their life, and they just immediately just turned their back on God. They said, no, I'm done, I'm out, I can't take it anymore. But do you know how rare that is? That, that hardly, I, I, like I said, one, two times maybe in thousands of people. Here's what I hear all the time. This is, I've seen this a million times. I, I just get busy. I get a little overwhelmed with life. Stuff, stuff takes, and I get too, too many things, and, I, and that devotion level goes down a little bit. And I, and I stop noticing God a little bit here and there. And as I stop noticing God a little bit, I, get, I become less thankful, and I become more self-absorbed, and I become more concerned about my life, and what am I going to do, and how am I going to do this, and how am I going to pay those bills, and what about this thing, and, and I lose touch with it. And it happens so slowly. Back in the 70s, we had a term, you don't hear it as much anymore, but we would call it backsliding. Anybody remember that? Your so-and-so is a backslider. And it was really not a very nice thing to say. I think maybe that's why it's not used so much anymore. But I'll tell you this, it's highly descriptive. It's, it's a highly descriptive term because that's exactly what happens. People don't just fall off the cliff one day. Slowly, steadily, they backslide. They just go a little bit by little bit by little bit. And then one day you wake up and you're so far away from where you were, you have no idea how you really got there. And I'll tell you how to prevent getting there. And the way to prevent getting there is to devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. God is at work, guys. He's at work all around us. And, and I'll tell you, it's exciting. And I, I don't ever want to fall into that trap of looking and waiting for God to do something and missing what God's doing right now today, right here in front of me. I want to be in that place where I'm mindful of God's presence every day, all day, all the time. I want to be watchful, and I want to thank God for everything that happens. And, 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 and that's my heart. That's my heart for us as a people, for this church, and, and for this community. I really believe God is going to, to move in our community. I really do. I believe that with all my heart. I think he's going to make a difference in who, who this community is because of who his people in this community are. So let's stand.